hello, or should I say namaste, from India. Something a little bit different this week. I was recently asked to go on the Sounds Like Liberty podcast with Nick and Lizzie Picon. They were most gracious hosts. Most people are when they have me on their show, but let's say especially so. Hope you enjoy episode 108 of the Scottish Liberty podcast. All right. Well, we are here with guest I'm super stoked about. This is uh, Mr. Anthony Samaroff. And uh, we're going to get right to the questions because we don't have a ton of time. Thank you so much for having me on your show on Sounds Like Liberty. And it does sound like liberty in the air tonight. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Um, he referenced Phil Collins within the first minute. <laughs> well, there you go. He's, he's, he's on top of this music uh, podcast thing. This is awesome. Um, all right. What's the Phil Collins? In oh, the air no. tonight, my friend. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's even refer- it's referenced in an Eminem song, isn't it? But I kind of wish he hadn't. Um, <laughs> Phil Collins kind of makes me... In fact, this is quite a funny true story for uh, those of us in the Tom Woods show... Uh, donator's group he posts a picture of his daughter in a Phil Collins t-shirt and I actually left a comment hashtag child abuse so that I remember oh that's rough yeah I was the one that asked him was he as bad as I expected him to be (laughs) look I like Phil but he's he doesn't have it anymore even even if you know that's you do like him he probably should have stuck to playing the drums, although not from his perspective. Obviously, he probably made a lot more money oh, as sure. a singer. But 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 the kind of trashy pop music he came out out with. Oh, I'm not a fan. Put it that way. If, if you hadn't guessed, if you hadn't guessed, so, now we know what I don't like. So if yeah. I ever get really upset with Anthony Samer, all I have to do is start posting memes about. How something happened on the way to heaven oh God. to Anthony Samaroff, and and it'll start a oh no a feud. Oh no! This, do you need to be careful what you say because <laughs> these this can actually happen a, become a thing, you know, where periodically or every day some libertarian thinks they're really smart because they post the Phil Collins meme on my wall. Um, that's these. <laughs> Libertarians love to meme. It's true. You know, they don't need any encouragement. It's true. We, we have a we have a problem. I have lots <laughs> of problems. I don't know if meaning is one of them. I went to uh, shit posters anonymous. <laughs> so, um, what exactly do you do out there within the liberty sphere for anyone who might not li- already listen to your your podcast? Well, there's people who don't know Anthony Samroff yet. What the hell? I don't know anyone who doesn't, but they're possible. It's crazy. It's true. Well, some people know that uh, I'm the co-host, along with Tom Laird, of the Scottish Liberty podcast. Uh, We have a pretty funny show, I think. Um, We've been told that people like it by our fans, that people like it because we take subjects that could otherwise be quite dry and we laugh about it. I definitely think that... I've become uh, much quicker in terms of humor as the show's gone on under Tam's influence because he's a really funny guy. And um, so we talk about sometimes current affairs. We sometimes have guests. We've had people like Jeffrey Tucker, Tom Woods, Adam Kokesh, some some economists, all, all various people in the Liberty Movement uh, as guests. And sometimes we just do the show as a duo as well. So we have lots of fun with that. Um, I'm probably best known because I've been on the Tom Woods show a few times and that's how people found, mostly found out that I exist. I have a little book which you can download for free uh, called Universal Basic Income For and Against. You just go to beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash UBI and you can get that. Uh, that's my, I think, effort to kind of bring... Free market economics to the left, like definitely if you know any lefties that are into the UBI, I recommend downloading my ebook and sending it to them. Just email them. It's also available on Amazon, but you don't have to buy it. And my other thing is I'm somewhat known for being kind of like a self help guy, and I wrote a little self help book called Procrastination Annihilation, which you can get at beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. So 
Um, I know it's not good to promote yourself by giving too many links, but I'd say if you if you download one of my books, you can find links to all my other media in those either. Anyway, so if you like what you hear of me on this show and you think you'd like to hear more of me, there's the Scottish Liberty Podcast. Yeah, I did actually uh, read your uh, Universal Basic Income book, and I really enjoyed it. I'm going to well, try and talk my, my lefty brother into reading it. But um, I did like in there that you kind of plugged your upcoming uh, upcoming government book, and there's an upcoming uh, healthcare book, and, you know, you're, you're a very busy guy, apparently. What do you, no, see, what you, what you don't understand is that what he's doing with this is because he made those, you know, talks about them. It means he now has to do them. This oh, is well, all part that. of that That's first true. procrastinate. You can't procrastinate. We're got to do them. Uh, Lock himself into actually it. Actually, put you put your finger right on the button with that. I I've been working on those two projects for quite a while, and I thought if I wrote that they were up and coming in this book, then that would give me an extra kick in the ass to make sure I finish them. And they are two of the projects that I'm kind of most excited about, at least in the political sphere. So quite right you are I've got some more stuff I've got some more half finished books to wholly finish actually quite exciting about the healthcare book because I don't know if it, as some of you might have heard of or know Mary Ruart who was a candidate for the Libertarian Party leadership uh, she's known for writing a couple of great books one is Healing Our World the Compassion of Libertarianism, and the other one is the new one, Death by Regulation. Um, she agreed to contribute something to that book, so more Ooh. more on that anon, I'm sure we'll hear. Ooh. So I felt really good about that, and she's been great. She's, she, was, she was on an episode of her podcast once as well. Really, really lovely, lovely lady. I've never heard anybody say anything negative about Mary Rewart, so. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I actually so haven't you. read any of her stuff. My my extent of knowledge on the whole medical thing is actually Bob Murphy's book on it. The Primal Prescription. Yeah, and I know that I've got a couple people that that's our go-to when we're trying to smack down all the BS that the lefties throw at us. Oh. Okay, well, uh, maybe I'll have to read that book before I put my own one out to make sure that it's not got any important points that I have to reference. He, he focuses specifically on a lot of the economic details and then he actually promotes a diet in it, which I thought was a little weird, but we, that's its own thing. Hey, whatever whatever gets people <laughs> I think he's trying to get right? people onto a paleo diet for some reason. But uh, I guess that's what he thinks works for him. So, to trying to naturally transition here, this is normally what I'd say, well, what kind of music are you into? What's your thing? But you, you did mm. just mention before the interview, so you actually are a musician, you have a band? Did I hear that? Or Yeah, we're. I wouldn't like to talk about the band too much yet because we've not really got anything that people can listen to that I can plug. But that's more been a hobby. Although before I was a counsellor, like a therapist, which is what I do for a living now, I did teach piano for several years. I taught it while I was at uni. Um, and yeah, I... I went through a period where I didn't really get the chance to play much, but I'm enjoying playing again now. I can bash out something on the guitar um, or, or the keys. I, I play a little bit of everything, nothing to necessarily an extraordinary standard, but yeah, I enjoy playing. Awesome. Very cool. Fancy, fancy. What uh, what kind of music do you listen to as a rule? Do you have a specific genre you gravitate towards? Clearly not Phil Collins, so modern pop's not, <laughs> not it. <laughs> yeah, I've gone through so many genres. You know, when I was in school, I liked heavy metal. And uh, when I was growing up, my brother was a rocker. I, I grew up listening to Guns N' Roses, Rage Against the Machine, all sorts of like hard rock and heavy metal bands. Um, I feel like probably my most native genre is when I started getting into my own music and not just listening to the stuff I grew up with, uh, with my, my brothers and sisters listened to, uh, got really, really into Queen. I loved Black Sabbath. So like classic rock. Okay. Um, I've not, I've not got into many new bands in the last years, but I got really into the Who, um, in my in my thirties. Like 
I had the best of The Who when I was growing up and I listened to it and I liked it, but it never excited me. But then somehow I, I, I actually got the opportunity to see them play. And in the run up to that, I started listening more widely to their stuff, not just the best of. And I found loads of music that I really, really liked. So I got into them. So I love classic rock. I love, yeah, Billy Joel. Like, I like piano. Uh, piano rockers so like I think Freddie, Mer- Fa- Freddie Mercury and um, uh, Billy Joel because they're they're piano <laughs> piano and vocals uh, not a huge Elton John fan although he does have some stuff that I like Liz you can tell He's him a, he can be I think Liz is he biting be- her tongue right now trying to tell you to go listen to uh, Foxy Shazam Oh, am I? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good. It's a good recommendation. You I'll like piano rockers and Queen. You'll like Foxy Shazam. Mm-hmm. It's like if okay, uh, well, Freddie was still around, yeah. that's what they'd sound like. <laughs> oh wow! I'd love to check them out. Yeah, that sounds good. So, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> oh no! There, well, I mean, I, there's so <laughs> many different. I'm more like a favorite albums man. I know some of my favorite albums, like Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses, um, A Night at the Opera by Queen, um, First and Last and Always by the Sisters of Mercy, who are a British 80s. Oh, I know who Sisters of Mercy band. are. Yeah. I think that's technically album. our second Sisters of Mercy, isn't it? Might be. Because I think, didn't Mike Meharry have a Sisters of Mercy album? I feel like they've come up before, yeah. Or was it uh, Mance yeah. Raider? One of the two. Oh, well, someone was a goth. There you yeah, go. That, that first <laughs> album they did was seriously incredible. I was like, actually in a goth band for a minute, so. For about a minute? Yeah, I played bass in a band called Bible Black. All oh, right, I like it. And what made you choose that name? Because it reminds me of the King Crimson, Starless, and Bible Black. Interesting. Uh, no, I chose it off of the, a porno that I saw once. It's a oh, yeah. I saw anime, right? That, um, <laughs> That's yeah, that anime porno. <laughs> I, I saw, do you know what? I saw that as well. Can you believe that? I, there you go. We, we both saw, we saw always, that um, we always talked animated about, porno. We always talked about going up on stage in like nun's habits. We were a two-piece. <laughs> right. We just go, went as an electronic drum machine. I played bass, and then we had a guitar player singer, and we were just going to wear nun's outfits and just play dark, heavy, brooding music. We, ne- we never quite got there. My, We were both a little mm. flaky mm. in that project, but... Sounds yeah. fun anyway. It would have been yeah. fun. I yeah, stand it by sounds it. fun. I, I, I like how you named it after an animated porno. Oh, I love The Doors as well. They were oh. one of the bands that I listened to so much. Um, okay. Um, do you have a, a soundtrack moment in your life where some moment that's just inextricably linked to a song? I feel like... The whole of my teens, well, the second half, the latter half of my teens from about 14 to, yeah, probably 14 to 19 was all categorized by that, by music. Um, Like, I was so, I just listened to so much music and I never stayed with one genre. I'd always be like, I remember meeting someone on the street that I'd known back in school and, um, They'd been like, oh I'm, oh, I'm forming a death metal band. And I was like, wow, are you still into death metal? And they were like, oh, yeah, totally, like so much. And I thought it'd been a few years since we'd left school, and I thought I'd gone through so many genres of music, like electronic music. I dipped into a little bit of everything. Yeah, I kept on moving. I was always looking for new music, trying to expand my horizons. I'd get, I think I was trying to find... It's really weird... Because my life's been categorized by this kind of search to find a missing piece. And I think I thought that I'd find it in music, but I don't listen to that much music anymore. I always find myself listening to podcasts. It's almost like I know what I, I, I know what music, what I can find in music now. Um, and I think, I know I don't, I'm not really answering your question. No, I'm that's just, fine thinking my associations with music. I know I used to buy all these books and things like that and never read them because uh, I just love buying secondhand books. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll read that one day. I think I was just looking for something mm. in the books. The same. And now, now I'm trying to get rid of stuff because I've got too much damn stuff and it's kind of hard when you're the hoarder type. 
I'd put all of my CDs in not only an alphabetical order of the band, but say you had, you went to Black Sabbath in my CD collection, all of the albums would be in chronological order. Oh, so it wasn't just an alphabetical order of the band, but they'd also be in the year that each album came out. And I was just an ardent music historian. I used to know, I used to remember which album came out in which order. And oh, this came, this album by this band came out two years before that album by that band. And this was important to me to understand how music developed over time. Uh, all of this stuff was just of such importance to me. I don't really know why. It was just my way of contextualizing it all. I still tend to remember what year albums came out. He's your type of music nerd there with the uh, with the CD collection there, Nick. I have a pretty ludicrous CD collection. What's funny is I've sold them all off at one point in time or another. Mm. But, uh, uh... Sorry, am I a little overclumped at the moment? Why is that? I've been sidetracked. Oh? My drummer doesn't want to come to practice. Oh, well that's a whole he's, other... He's done unless he, we, uh more stuff going on okay, that. but that's its own matter <laughs> um so do you get to see live music ever out there in uh in scotland yeah there's lots of live music here um we're a bit spoiled for choice in terms of the local music people don't really appreciate local music here because glasgow is a city of about six hundred thousand or or higher than that so any night there's a bunch of local bands on um mostly playing to their friends so there's not a novelty the way there is like my brother's a professional musician he tours around playing hit songs and usually goes up north into the the highlands or islands of scotland because there there's towns and villages and smaller places where oh if there's a there's music <laughs> then everyone wants you know everyone wants to go out and see it sure. you know at the weekend they want to be where the live music is so you can get better paid up there we are a little bit spoiled for choice but sure a lot of big bands when they're on tour of the UK will hit Glasgow usually sometimes they'll hit Edinburgh which is of course the capital city of Scotland right. but the population of it the population of Edinburgh's s- s- uh, a chunk lower than the population of Glasgow, so they usually hit Glasgow. Um, if they're really big, they might, and they're on a big tour, they might hit both. Um, so yeah, we. When I was growing up, that was it. Like I loved going out to see the bands I was into. Um, that was something that I really, really looked forward to. And uh, I grew up with a new metal, so I, I saw you know Papa Roach the first time they were in the UK. Nice. Disturbed, System of a Down all these uh, bands that later well that became really big or, or were all or were launching uh, Lincoln Park probably and all that stuff I was into that um, uh, into that as well as into kind of 80s the older stuff that that I'd heard when my brother was coming up you know I, I really like pop music like not all of that but I like I love music with a good melody, so I, I really enjoy listening to like seventies disco. One I, I don't more put... night. <laughs> no. One more night. Like, really? Melody like really? that? Really? That's where we're going with this? <laughs> oh, that's where we're going with it. I this mean, the joke's there now. You can't, you can't troll your podcast guests. That's I think not that's how the, that works. I, I think that's the only reason I, I have a podcast. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I really think you can. Like, I, th- I think if you've got some like libertarian personality on there that's like a bit of a suit, then you might have a harder time trolling yeah. them. But I, I get, had I had a lot I, of fun with Bob Murphy. I'll tell you that much. So yeah, he's a, he, right. I don't, I don't He likes musicals. Uh, he's one of my favorite guests because well, I get to talk music. He let me pick on the Beatles a lot. So look, look, oh, I haven't he, brought up the Proc- Beatles fan. Well, I haven't Bob brought Murphy's up the Proclaimers once. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, right. I do appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Just for the record, what? I like the Proclaimers a lot. I really, you really need to, so, uh, you really need to get Tom, like my co-host, we'll, we'll actually need to, in the future, because we can talk, because 
I feel like I'm a letdown because he's because uh, he would be he can so ardently speak about music. But one time we'll have a big foursome, right? Oh, there you, you go. You guys, you two and us two and some beers, and uh, maybe maybe in fact maybe we can do a sounds like Liberty special where uh, where we'll um, live stream it to YouTube on our channel and oh, we nice. can have webcam and some beers together <laughs> and then you can use it because I just feel like he's. He'd be really funny in this conversation. Don't shortchange yourself there. And besides, I don't, even, I don't know if you, I don't know if you had as much fun with Bob Murphy as I did because I don't know if people have listened to my show with Bob Murphy. But um, it was really funny because I accidentally, I was accidentally stoned oh on God. the show. Accidentally stoned. That's impressive. Yeah, that is impressive. It's it's pretty impressive because I don't even smoke weed, so. Um, what happened was it was pretty funny actually um, my friend was like hey Anthony man I've been taking this like cannabis oil it's like really good for my anxiety I had a lot more focus and blah 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 I was like oh well okay that sounds pretty good I'll try some of that I was led to believe that it was like meant to be the stuff that's just got the anti-anxiety ah, chemical in it okay. but not but, but not the one that makes you high. Right. But apparently that was utter, utter BS. <laughs> so I took some of this stuff early in the afternoon and by the time we had the interview, I was like pretty high. <laughs> there you go. Right on. So, so it's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah. All right. So I guess the real question is, how many times have you seen The Proclaimers live? Oh, good Lord. That is not the real question. The <laughs> real the question, question I want to ask. The real question is... Um, Are they somebody's uncle that oh, you know? Oh, good God. <laughs> see, this is, this is ruined. Yeah, don't get me trolled. Yeah, I'm ruining... It's quite funny, actually, because see, when I moved to Leith in Edinburgh, which is an area of Edinburgh, sunshine on Leith. The Proclaimers musical was in the cinema at the time and there was posters all over it. And I used to walk around feeling proud that I was a, a Leithar, which is, of course, complete bullshit. I wasn't born anywhere near Leith. But I like to think of myself as one. Nice. Maybe it was for that. Maybe it was for street cred because Leith is a much more um, like down to earth area than the more middle class place that I grew up in so maybe I thought I had more street cred if I thought of myself as a Letha. <laughs> See this is actually killing me a little bit inside because I am like the Scotland nerd and I am on my best behavior here and Nick is just going. Yeah no I'm <laughs> shitting all over the excited look that she has in her face that you can't see. She's like oh my I'm god I'm talking it. to a real Scottish person. Yeah yeah because I, I created like a, a one person Scot, uh, Scotch Gaelic club when I was in like middle oh, school because nice. I was a homeschooler and uh and so, like, I tried to learn Scots Gaelic over the internet and talk to people in chat rooms and learn Aaron nice. Mitten and, like, all this stuff. And, uh, and now yeah. she How just watches David Tennant. Uh, I read a book. It was one of those those living books, if you're you're into homeschool in Charlotte Mason. Uh, it, it was called, I think, In Freedom's Cause, because it's always Wallace and Bruce, isn't it? That gets people, like, obsessed with Scotland. And uh, it was about that. And... Uh, yeah, it just hit me at the right time or in the right way, and I was just like, for the rest of high school, trying to trying to learn as much as I possibly could about Scotland. And if there was any chance, like a, a, a little brown girl like me would be would be welcome there. <laughs> I think she's come uh, to the conclusion she wouldn't be, but that's, that's well, yeah, I gave up on uh, that a long time ago. But oh, that's a shame. Like I, I know that some people. Uh, in America, I really love here. Like um, Scotland is very multicultural as well. I mean, it's pretty. Um, yeah, like even I don't, I don't, I don't really know where I was going. With that I just think it's quite diverse, and um, I don't know. Yeah, I. Some people do have a little fetish for Scotland. I, I want. She has I a guess. fetish for hobbits. Is really what it is. And <laughs> well, and that's I the closest I can get to Middle Earth. Like is it. that is that the idea? Well, no, no. New I mean, honestly, uh, um, other Middle Earth. No, I just I really love the culture, and I you know I just read up as much as I could about it. And when the the whole referendum thing happened, I was like, oh my god, it's happening! And like internally, like my inner child was, but I realized on the outside, like. People are going to have to be sensible and like you can't just overthrow your whole government. Yeah, fuck sensibility. Because Scottish freedom. So. Is it working? Yeah. It, Anthony, is it working? Freedom! Yeah. Do yeah. you love it? Do you love 
Do you love Braveheart? No, honestly, I never liked Braveheart. Oh, it seemed like a very kind of cheesy, counterfeit sort of、um, what's that medieval times version of, of, of things, like based on the version that I had in my, my mind from the history of the world. I liked that other one that, that, that I did where he ran around with a hatchet scalping redcoats.、Eh, that was fun. Well, that, yeah, The Patriots, a, a movie that <laughs> That、happened. was a different movie, though. It's a very different movie. But yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I, I haven't been able to get into、um, what's that out. Outlander, out, whatever Outlander. that one that people are into now. All、oh, right, yeah, I've not watched it yet.、Uh, no, but I, I, got, I wasn't a huge fan of Braveheart. I guess it was okay the first time I saw it, but definitely I remember going to America 10 years back and so on, and so many people being like, oh, Braveheart. Oh, like, do you like Braveheart? And they, they, they really loved it. They really loved the movie and they wanted to relate to me over the fact that they loved the movie. But I just couldn't relate to them because I didn't love the movie. Well, we're not、yeah. those people. We'd, we'd ask you questions about Peter Capaldi. But... I would s o quite a lot of anti English sentiment as well, I think, in Scotland. Is there still? Well, there, there is to a degree, but not loads. It's it, a lot less. Uh, but, I th- but I was just saying that I think the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Braveheart actually provoked a swelling of it. That makes sense. That's、yeah. my perception. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not very sensible these days to kind of have too much of that. So. Wait, so are you guys、oh. telling me that Scottish people don't have face paint and run around tossing logs still? Well, you know, a lot of people think just because we're Scottish, we. Like, don't have,、um, we just basically walk around in the mountains and like, but that's not true. I mean, we, we have got bikes now, so <laughs> we, we're, we're able to say, Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, we, we finally are, we finally upgraded from dial up a year or two ago, which、right. is why I'm able. No, it must be two years ago because I've had Scottish Liberty podcast for two years, right? So, yeah, so we have. Upgraded from dial up. And, Wait, I thought that you guys、yeah. had the most amazing internet service in the world everywhere but America. Like, we're just stuck with terrible service here. Yeah, I, I, Because I the commies make it great well, everywhere. That, that you guys,、um, well, I mean, you know that Trump is making America great again, so, <laughs> so you, might actually get decent, you might actually get a decent internet service if you're lucky. It's just gotta come, with, gotta come with bullets, right? Yeah, okay.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, there is one last question that we usually ask since well, I've, I've told my whole. Is it that time already? Well, no, I, I, no, I'm not trying to get rid of you, but I, like, I could go on and on about my Scotland obsession and, and it's getting nerdy. Why don't、so. you? People, people, people out there might not have heard that much about it before. Um, well, it was really interesting to me because I actually started doing some research in preparing for this interview. Um, you know, of all the things that I couldn't sort of find out in like the city library in 1998 when I was, when I was into stuff.、Um, uh, because, you know, I, I was trying to learn Scots Gaelic through the internet at the time and not realizing that like kids were getting in trouble at school for speaking the language in Scotland, apparently. And it wasn't. wasn't... At, that, at that period? Or when? Uh, yeah, I think at that, at that period. Or... I, think there was a, I think there was a time in this country where speaking it was banned when they were.、Uh, the thing is, I'm not that up on my Scottish history. Like, Tom, my co host in Scottish Liberty Podcast, really is. In fact, one episode that you'll probably be interested in is a solo episode from him, which is on our. A podcast feed called A Libertarian History of Scotland or something like that. A History of Libertarianism in Scotland. Yeah, I'll have to look that up because I, I, I still have like, those, those nerdy parts of myself about Scotland because I don't know, I spent so many years just being into it. You still have nerdy parts, Liz? That's all the parts that there are. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I know, you, it's all nerdy, right? So, so you were saying that kids were getting in trouble for speaking Scots Gaelic in school. Well, yeah, that's just what I, I read、um, since, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I suppose I could, I could pick,、uh, pick Tom's brain about that. But、um, it just seemed really interesting to me because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to learn this language and learn all about the culture, and then I'm going to go over there, and it's going to be so awesome. And like, I, it probably wouldn't have been that great, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't have fit in at all.、Um, but yeah. 
And I think my extent of knowledge is just the people that have been actors on Doctor Who. That's all I know about Scotland. That and the Proclaimers. <laughs> oh, Sean Connery, he was one of the, yeah. the Bonds, wasn't he? I never registered him as being Scottish. Really? That's that's why he sounds you know, like he's, the he's way Sean, that no, people he, like to... That's bullshit. Sean Connery sounds like Sean Connery. Yeah. I don't think I would have ever registered that to a place, just it's him. Hmm. That's like saying mm. Burt Reynolds sounds like Kentucky or something. Well, no, no, no. no. Like There's Burt just Reynolds. a bit of the brogue that came through, and I think that's that's why originally he sounded like... I mean, I think he kept it up because I, I it was Sean Connery. I think Sean Connery, Connery but... sounds like a wife beater. Well, like, I mean... If you were to just narrow it down to that. <laughs> okay. Anywho. He sounds like the act of slapping a woman, telling her to make you a sandwich. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of famous um, Scottish bands, and a lot of them sound like they're not they don't have the kind of name you'd expect from a Scottish band well you introduced like, me yeah. uh, to Camera Obscura that's a Scottish band yeah I do like Camera Obscura I, I, <laughs> sorry yeah, go on Anthony of, um, <laughs> uh, the average white bands who are a top funk bands average I mean, white band is Scottish yeah they are nice. in fact when I was in college I'm, the drop, Trump, I'm one dropping of the, my headset their... right now this is ridiculous there's no way average white band is Scottish they are. They were. Oh, yeah, so much so that when I was in college, uh, well, an ex-drummer of the average white band was teaching drums at the college. Uh, Bay City Rollers. I mean, who? I did know they were. Scotland, Bay City Rollers. I mean, that sounds like an, an, the name of an American band. Bell and Sebastian, Biffy Clyro, Big Country, Deacon Blue. Uh, Delamitri, I don't know if you remember them. They had a couple of really great hits. Delamitri was Scottish? They, I thought they were Swedish. Yeah. No, no, they just chose that fucked up name to throw people <laughs> off the scent. Okay, fair uh, enough. <laughs> the, the, incredi- the Incredible String Band. Um, okay. Marmalade Mogwai. Primal Scream. Now, they're a famous band. Uh, the Sensational ha- Alex Harvey Band, which is weird because they were very bluesy. Um, Simple Minds, who you we, would uh, not believe. We actually this. do I mean, the Hot sing, City Symphony. They sing, so, they sing so American, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm you about, had something to say? Yeah, I'm about to blow your mind Simple here. Simple Minds that do, don't you right, forget right. about me. Exactly, I, that sounds so so American. Well, I heard, Scottish. Well, I heard I the accent doesn't come through when you sing, I was going right? to say, I can't separate them from the John Hughes movies, so oh, there's I wouldn't thing. be able to tell a difference. I but, don't know if these bands are famous in America, but Texas, they're Scottish. I remember the lead singer used to live around the corner, not far from our from where my parents stayed. Um, Travis, they were really big in the 90s. I remember Travis. Uh, the, uh, the Water Boys, who did that song, You Saw the Whole of the Moon. Great lyrics and um, Wet, 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 her, her most... Okay, so, so now, I have a, now I have a legit question. Is there like a, a like, with the exception of the Proclaimers, that Scottish bands don't want to be known as being Scottish? Is that like a thing? Because you named a ton of bands I know right there, and I would have never guessed any of them are Scottish. Never in a million years. I guess, I guess it's just the. I guess those bands are so famous because they went for widespread appeal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have got. They wouldn't have been likely to be. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You just you said Alex Harvey was going for widespread appeal. You don't think he was going for widespread appeal? I mean, the only people I know who listen to Alex Harvey in the States are the same people that listen to Yes and Genesis, and let's just say that's not a lot of people. Okay. I, right. I'm actually in well, a band called the Hot true. City Symphony, and we do we cover that but, song. It's like, it's a prog thing for, to me. But. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they're, well, okay. But you listen to, it's very interesting, because you listen to the original framed their song framed and he's basically singing like a bluesman right mm-hmm. and then but then if you listen to live versions for like 10 20 years after the song came out he's allowing his scottish accent to come out and there's um you know versions of him on youtube where he's like you know singing you know they said i, I was going to impersonate him there but i can't quite do it but you know he's saying they said is your name Alexander and I said well why sure but he's saying it in a Scottish accent hmm. not so um, <laughs> uh, not, not so 
not putting, not laying on the American accent so thick. But yeah, he was born in Glasgow, the same city, same city that I was born in. Interesting. That's crazy to me. That is super interesting. All right. Well, since we've rattled off a bunch of artists as it is, you might as well give us your five albums uh, that you wish folks would uh, go out and buy if you could just make them do that. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, you're the one that um, said you're an albums guy, so. I know. I used to have a list of them. Okay. So I think five favorite albums Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Um, I'm surprised it's not the spaghetti Queen. incident. No, that's no one's favorite. Come on. I've seen if I can catch you off guard. Okay. Um, Rage Against the Machine by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, how do you feel about them not, being commies? So I say once more. I said, how do you feel about them being commies? Uh, do you know what? I'm just overwhelmed willing to overlook their communism on that album because it's so because the riff the riffage is so good okay the riffage is just so good just for the record um, you actually interrupted when we were right before you called we were uh, analyzing the Tom Morello track off of his uh, album The Atlas Underground that either has just come out or is coming out soon he has a song uh, called Rabbit's Revenge with uh, Bass Nectar, Big Boy from Outkast, and Killer Mike on it um, about all the police shootings of black people in the U.S. And I, I talked mad shit on Tom Morello because fuck that guy. But, uh... <laughs> why, why, why fuck that guy? Oh, um, well, I think he is a trite guitar player and he's a piece of shit governmental he's a tr- guy. He's a trite guitar player? Yes. He's a one-trick, so? one-trick pony. Liz, why don't well, you, Liz, I mean, Liz, why don't you explain that, what you see, think of see his... That one, <laughs> see that one trick that he does, that one trick that he does, that pony does, that <laughs> one trick that that pony does. Really, really fucking good trick. <laughs> okay. All right, well, fair enough. No, I, I remember being 15 and really being into it. Yeah. I, it, for me, what it boils down to is... And I'm like, oh, okay. But no, after the first Rage Against the Machine album, he was he was like the other Rage Against the Machine albums after that one. Like, you could add up all the good riffs on the next couple of albums, and some of the songs on the first album had that many good riffs in one song. Okay, like he was just. He put so many good riffs in one song on the first album, but he never topped that. He never got anywhere near it, to be honest. Yeah. So, and now he just runs his mouth a lot. So maybe we just need to listen to the first one. Maybe that's it's a good album. That's what the I, thing I, is. I, I, I can't that's, dispute the album. It's good. Yeah, I think like Battle of LA had like three tracks that were particularly worth if listening you, uh, to on it. If you if you like fuck the police songs, go and listen to Rabbit's Revenge though, because. Rabbit's Revenge. You know, Big Boy and Killer Mike just let the fire fly. Whew, it's hot. <laughs> hot right. um, okay, do you have uh, maybe three more? Three more to throw in that list? Okay. Night at the I'm just gonna, these these are true. my all-time favorites, but they're one that kind of left an impression on me because I'm not really into punk music, but I thought it was really well handled as Outcome the Wolves by Rancid. Nice. Really love the bass playing on that album. Really Really, really loved that album. Good I always remember it. Um, what, did what did Matt Strader mention that album as well? Um, no, no, Matt Strader did not. I just say Matt because we talked about uh, "fuck the police" earlier. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's really into posting memes about police being uh, responsible for brutality. He's never done posting about that. Just for the record, um, my brother's a cop, so I I, I, I waffle be- I waffle between. Uh, I just, watching my mouth and being overtly angry about it. <laughs> I just leave uh, comments on Mance's name saying, pe- saying pig until proven cop. <laughs> what, I, what I can say is that there is something cathartic about when you listen to some police violence thing go down to having a cop you can call and say, fuck y'all motherfuckers, this is bullshit, they can't fuck deep the- yeah, that's it. Is very cathartic. There you go. And Lance goes, "What happened now?" 
What did happen? All of the things. Oh, I don't know. There, what, what was there was something this week, wasn't there? There was always there's always somebody who got killed by a cop. On, it yeah. sucks, but yeah, it's pretty ridiculously common. Um, okay, so we've got uh, Outcome of the Wolves by Rancid. Okay, now I keep on losing track of where you, I'm at. You right? did mention a night, the Raging, a night at the Opera. A night at the Opera. There's. I love Queen's first album as well. There's four al- Queen albums that I just think are legendary. A Night of the Opera, Day at the Races, Queen One, and Sheer Heart Attack. Like, those four albums, oh my God. Um, so it's just so well arranged, so well written. Uh, you know, there's bands that I just don't think are that album. Like, I, I love Billy Joel, but I can never say this is the one album. I'm not so keen on his ballads, you know, and more cheesy stuff. 50 but Seconds he's a really, Street. really good songwriter. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, see, there's tons of stuff on that album I don't like. I prefer The Stranger, but uh, like it's got some really good stuff on it. Piano Man's got some great stuff on it. Oh, yeah. I love his 1993 album, his last album, um, River of Dreams. That's uh, a really okay. awesome album. Um, <laughs> not the choice I didn't album, like this. Yeah, no, but it's it's just really it's a, it was a difference in style for him, but it was really good. Oh, like, uh, Liz doors. was listening to Shades of Grey off of that earlier this week. Oh, watch in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't drop the the, the Billy Joel off of my list, but there in are the the there are some night. songs that I don't listen to, but I, I can't drop them all together. He's got too many good tunes. He really does. I love Billy Joel, so yeah. We've been doing more Billy Joel in the set lately, so I'm happy about that. Yep. All right. Yeah, he's just—he's a really great songwriter. And yeah, again, the Doors—you know—they had six albums, but they put them out in four years. So <laughs> I feel like if they'd taken the best songs off those six albums and released four albums, they'd be—you know—they'd be stronger albums. But I guess it's hard to choose one. I mean, it's like choosing between your children, you know. Um, but I know probably like you know the first one. Door, the Doors, the self-titled one, Strange Days is a good album, and obviously LA Women is a lot of people's favourites, uh, and it's definitely got a lot. I love uh, the song Love Street, and I think that's on the album Waiting for the Sun, so maybe Waiting for the Sun was my favourite. It's been a long time since I've listened to I thought any you were, I thought you were a hippie. Why, why not Peace Frog? I can't even remember how Peace Frog goes right now. It's you know awful. That? It's no, I'm not, I, how many how many hippies do you know that are in favour of free market capitalism? Do you Me. know what I mean? I, I'm not the one that says I'm a hippie. Other people, oh, what I'm saying okay. is other other people other people have the perception that Anthony Samroff is a hippie. I see. Well, I know that I am a tree hugger, an avid tree hugger, mm. in fact. Who is, yeah, but that's just because you can't find any person that's willing to hug you. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm married, and, and frankly, I'll go and say I married a black woman. So that's got to be worth something, right? Is that is that wow, worth something? Geez, I'm not sure. Are you like trying to collect some kind of reward? For I know, that? absolutely. Right. That was the point. <laughs> Clearly, I think I think she'd like to believe that you you know you married her because she was in love with you were in no, love with no, her and I, liked her personality. I married her because black women have great asses. That was that was it. <laughs> is that what it? <laughs> it's all about. Well, you know that libertarians are all about the assets. It's true. <laughs> I'm still trying to work around. I, I I love getting called racist. All it happens all the time because I'm a libertarian. That's always fun. You know. Uh, also, that I'm an all, I hate the environment, even though I'm an avid environmentalist, and know that libertarianism the only way to fix all of our environmental issues. <sighs> I'm I'm a hippie. I'm all about it. Well, I think that'll do for the for the list. <laughs> um, we did plug plug the book a little. We could we could plug it some more. I enjoyed reading it. I did. Um, I read it. I listened. Do I read it like... and then I listened to it on like this audio reader thing that I. But I, I dug it. Do you feel like you were a okay, little, well, little oh, too okay with UBI in that no. you had anything nice to say about it at all? Well, no, he was trying to be, you were trying to be open-minded about it. I, I got that impression. Well, what I'm saying is I know my audience. Yeah. And it's okay. not, it's, frankly, it's not for people like you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, well. Oh, well, I get it. Do- You're one of those Nick Sarwark type libertarians trying to bring the commies over. I get you. I get you. I'm trying to make the this, libertarian party this, less this. libertarian. <laughs> <Don't>. 
Don't you ever, don't dare you can t- uh, compare me to Nicholas Sarwark. <laughs> I am never coming on this show again. God damn it, Nick. I have been on, I have been on every libertarian show going and independent level. And never before have I been so insulted. I've been called all sorts of names. Tom, on the Scottish Liberty Podcast, my co-host regularly makes anti-Semitic comments at my expense, but never before have I been so insulted as to be compared to Sarwar. Oh, good, good thing we're making jokes. It's because of you, it's because of you, people like you, that this movement is so split. People who have people on their show and compare them to Nicholas Sarwar. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if I can prostrate myself any any better against that. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the the book I get is you written reading, though. with the. I mean, I'm speaking to libertarians, right, about the book, but really the hope is that they enjoy the book and they learn some economics, but more importantly. Whenever anyone mentions the UBI on Facebook, they say, hey, check out this book. Yeah. Um, um, it's like libertarians who know Anthony Samrov are going to like the book. Do you know what I mean? They're going to yeah. like it. So I don't, it's not them I'm so worried about. I want to build credibility with the reader who right. has to feel that I at least understand if someone is pro i don't need to speak to people who are anti-ubi because they're already anti-ubi right it's yeah. the people who are pro that i need that i that i need to have in mind when i write it and the idea is to show that i understand where they're coming from before i then demonstrate where why i differ and i think it's a well-written book and if anyone's interested if in an introduction to libertarianism that is on the left I think it's a great introduction to libertarianism because it goes hard on the benefits of libertarianism to the disadvantaged or it's, it goes very strongly on the human welfare angle like it's got a lot of libertarian policies for helping everyone but particularly the least well off and I think it's those kinds of arguments that appeal the most to the left so yeah, download your free copy from beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash UBI. I believe you can read it in, in under two hours. I remember when I read it back, I was um, I was pretty impressed by how quickly I could hack through it. So it, it's not a big time commitment, but I think it's quite a strong piece of writing, if I do say so myself. Um, I, 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 I think it was worth writing, and I think it did did a good job I kind of hold myself to pretty high well, standards so. I think anything that helps put more tools in the toolbox of libertarians especially in anything that can break them down in a concise manner because I know as a libertarian the biggest problem discussing anything with anyone is always how do I get to the answer I need them to come to without telling them to read 15 books <laughs> yeah and I, I think, yeah, I think this this one, in my view, is, is a good intro to libertarianism for your friends on the left. So get it, it's free. Yeah. Cost you nothing. Not a single penny. You don't think you could make some money out that? of it? Uh, actually, what a you know terrible what? You free market capitalist. Well, actually, a whole bunch of people have bought it on Amazon, even though I put it out for free. So, haha, suckers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some people bought it off Amazon because they wanted to support me. Some people bought it because they wanted it ready formatted for their Kindle. So, um, but it's, it's nice. I, I feel good. It's, Did you it's do only the for three bucks. Ah, see, that is. Thank you for asking. That's in the pipeline. Someone mm. has volunteered their time. And they're they're in the process of creating the audiobook. That's awesome. It's true. Very, very I volunteered to read an audiobook once. Yeah, um, yeah I really did. You actually do it? No, they won't let me. They, they never they never got back to me about it. Why? Wah. That makes you me. That makes me die a little inside. How could they do that to you? How could they reject your well, generosity? I per- well, well, no. I, personally, I just told them that they needed to. I can, and I continue to berate them that they need to do an audiobook version. So <laughs> because perhaps it I'm was never going. I'm never going to read the book unless there's an audiobook version because I don't have time to read books. I listen to them while I drive. Oh, you're too good for books. Is that what it is? You're what? too good to read. No, I can't read. 
That's what it is. Oh. I'm illiterate. Thanks. That's that is really well. I mean, you are a product of the American education well, system. It's not entirely you your fault. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I did. I enjoyed the book. And actually, I really appreciated the way that you put the book out because um, you could listen to the talk that you gave. That's sort of the book stems from. Mm-hmm. You could read the book itself, which is really well written and really kind of dense with information, but also really fun to read, I found it. And um, and you could read your blog, which I've read the whole your whole economics blog and kind of get, you know, bits oh, and pieces thanks. of it there. So it was really cool to just kind of see how all of these like desperate pieces kind of came together to make this super big For those who aren't aware, Liz is a bit of a completist chunk. and will research everything to death. This is true. That's that's <laughs> great. But I mean, you know, I can't... What what can you say to someone who goes turns around and goes, oh, by the way, I've read every blog you've ever written. Well, I mean, thanks. You know what you, I mean? You say, that's amazing. Thank click, you so much. You're like, a little creepy. <laughs> She's my creepy wife. It's okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure that if you had a blog, she would she would have read all of it too. So, you know, don't get jealous. If, or you, anything if you like want that. to know the truth, I don't know that she actually has read all of my blog, and they're not very long posts. I've read it. I think she just doesn't care. I've read all of the things, but um, anyway. I just talk about she, music. No, she, she does. She doesn't read it because if she starts reading it, she'll have to read all of that, <laughs> and then she'll have to read all of that. Well, you based know, on the length of my writing, that, that would take about fifteen minutes, I think, maybe twenty. Yeah, I've read all of the things you've written. I've heard all of your music, and that's saying something because not everybody's. No, done most that. people haven't listened to any of my music, Liz. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. That's but I've had a good time here. Yeah, I think so. I've had a really great time. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Go myself. Yes. Because um, I've got another show coming up. But apparently it's ten o'clock at night over there. Um, Yeah, he's got to go do stuff. But thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thank thanks so much for having me on. Sounds like liberty. A real pleasure. (laughs) Um, And for us, we we had a laugh as well. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.